hate to say it, but the Ramble guys seem to have stagnated. Oh, the quality's just dipped too low, and one of the voices just annoys me. Does anyone else think the Ramble's funnier, snappier, and a better listen when there's only three of them? It's just not as funny as it used to be. It takes itself way too seriously these days. To be honest, it's not what it was. I used to really love this podcast, but this season it really feels as if the boys have passed their best. The podcast in sad decline needs freshing up badly. All they do is giggle at their own jokes. Boring and a bit puerile. Amateur hour. Like eavesdropping on a bunch of idiots in the pub. Been listening for years, but I feel this is the worst it's been. Luke is getting too much and ruining the flow of the show. Luke in particular is just constantly interrupting and talking over the top of people and you just wish someone would stand up to him, you know what I mean? I just, um, just couldn't believe it when Kate shut Luke down for interrupting her. That's just not... Where'd you go with that? Was there a need to have a go at Luke and be so overly patronising? Crackless shite. I don't think I'm exaggerating. The daily content right now is shite. Absolute balls. Now it's just another forgettable sports talk show with the most predictable dialogue around. Was fine until the introduction of the woman with the ridiculously irritating voice. I think the new format seems to have ruined, you know, what was so joyous about the original show. Political correctness gone mad. I take no pleasure in saying this, but it's absolutely fucking gone to shit. I want your sex, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. England got revenge against Iceland. The Welsh got another win. It's Monday, 7th of September. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Pete Donaldson. What a magnificent Monday, everybody. But before we get into the show, you may already know that we have some updates for you. With the new season almost upon us, we're delighted to tell you that we'll be continuing to bring you five shows a week with a rotating lineup of three of the eight of us each day. And we're also launching a brand new channel. That channel is Football Ramble Presents, and it features weekly episodes of On the Continent, regular episodes of The Book Club, At the Match, and plenty more exciting new shows. The first show is a brand new episode of On the Continent out this Thursday, the 10th of September. So go and search Football Ramble Presents and subscribe wherever you get your pods. Admin out the way, Petey. You're looking beautiful, baby. Thanks. You've had a haircut, Marcus. You're looking good. Mm. You've gone from um, Lionel Messi on his debut mm-hmm. under lockdown to Lionel Messi now with all the tattoos as well. Yeah. All of them. And all, all of them. the sort of complicated contract disputes as well. Mm. I'd love to see you in court. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'd love to see you move it's like you, Petey um, I'd right. you in a suit would you? yeah I was in a suit on Saturday for my friend's wedding oh very oh. nice is that nice why you had the, the haircut? Back. God bless those Harveys mm. uh, yeah that's why I had yeah. uh, one of the reasons yeah you were starting to look like Fabio weren't you? which is a good thing it was pleasing for all of us that's very kind of you I, I cousin it <laughs> was probably more what's a, um, what's a lockdown wedding uh, kind of like a post lockdown wedding do you know was, what were you allowed to dance were you allowed to sing were you allowed to swear do, or love or kiss well uh, <laughs> was, this, was there disposable the day, knives used for the cake the, 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 what about the flip flops okay. the flip flops disinfected Marcus uh, which one do you want me to answer first <laughs> all of them at the same time there were no flip flops right uh, and the rest is pretty self explanatory <laughs> uh, it was a good t- they, they, were, they had it done as close to a proper wedding as possible mm. marvellous there was no singing 
Right. Well, there was right. someone on stage singing. Right. One person was, it was allowed Adam to sing. Adam Sandler was allowed to sing. <laughs> uh, but apart from that, no singing in, in the church. Right. Socially distance in the church mm. and all that business. But my goodness, what a day it was. Mm. And what a day it was uh, because England beat Iceland as well. They did. Oh, it was yeah. Exercise that, demon. Sweet <laughs> revenge, Jim. <Yeah. laughs> wasn't that cathartic. <laughs> it, I mean, it's getting harder. <laughs> It's getting harder to defend international football, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, the Nations League has been a bit drab, despite the efforts of, you know, Anzu Fatty and one or two yeah. others. Uh, but yet England... I, I mean, it, let's be fair. A lot of possession. A lot of possession. Let's look at the positives. Look, look, Southgate, before the match, when he was talked, obviously, about Iceland's history with, with England, he said, mm. look, it's important to be patient. And if there's a setback, like the Harry Kane goal, we can't just lose our heads yes. and, and, and think that we've, uh, you yeah. know, we, we, we've done the hard work and we've been hard done by and therefore we lose the match. Uh, they did wait and wait and wait. And... They, they got their three points, but yeah. it wasn't good at all. Three, <laughs> points. It wasn't sheet, rubbish, wasn't three it? points, clean sheet. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I think, obviously, it is important that they just forced it over the line. It really felt like a, a force mm. of will, didn't it? To, to get I was about to say, the penalty yeah. wasn't, there wasn't much no. force behind the penalty. No. You know what I mean, though? Just I the know general, what you the, mean. The, you know, them continually sort of, you know, uh, just playing through, not playing well, if that makes sense. But mm. not winning this could have been an absolute disaster. Like, much bigger than just the result itself. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It could have really, really rocked England's confidence mm-hmm. and sort of mentally made them start thinking if perhaps the bad old days were coming back because it was such a... <laughs> How many times far. do we say that? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, are we living in the good old, good days, good new days? I don't, I don't, this is the thing. It's Aren't they a wrestling trio? I think the so. Good new days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? It would have been quite something had, I, had that penalty gone in from Iceland. Yeah. I mean, like, because if they'd have drawn nil-nil, you would say that is disappointing, that was drab, that is... Uh, but you can you could explain it away and say, look, these results happen. Iceland yeah. are a dogged opponent. They mm. dug in. They're lever men behind the ball. All that kind of no stuff. No VAR. No VAR. Exactly. A, you know, it's a, it's a different times, yeah. no crowd, all that stuff. Exactly. Spot on. So you have that. But then you get the penalty. 1-0. Injury time. Excellent. Mm. You got out of jail there. L- that's a lovely old job. Right. Thanks very much. Um, uh, and then <laughs> seconds later, just a simple <laughs> yeah. ball in the box. And there's a huge gap between... Was it, I know Alexander-Arnold was asked to kind of do a Danny Alves and have the whole of the right side man, you know, Walker being sent off and so on but the gap between you know Joe Gomez had two men on him and then clumsily brings one down and, and you just think oh my goodness and then because yeah. he plays over the mark well, it's the, the thing is as well it's because if that had gone in it's, it's, it's not just a bad result it's become a calamitous yeah, result exactly, you know yeah. just just missed that. It needs to be a warning. Southgate said after the game, um, he made a point. It's the first time that a player's been sent off in, uh, you know, during his tenure, which is you know about four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, he said that it's something that he's sort of drilled into the squad before. That's you know, sendings off have cost them in the past, and it's similar to what you were saying about the about the disallowed goal, Pete, and like not letting their heads drop and mm. and uh, and the like. And maybe this is a timely reminder of of some of the basic things that that, that England are going to have to do, particularly. With the weird circumstances we're in, I think those are you know in, in unusual circumstances. The fundamentals, the basic things you know about things, mm. are the are the ones you sort of start to overlook and take for granted a little I bit. Do, I do sort of look at like a very sort of disciplined and organised Iceland team. I do sort of think if we met them in a tournament at the back end of the season that we're going to have, bearing in mind a lot of the players mm. will be playing in Europe, mm. uh, playing obviously playing in Europe, but, but playing playing uh, in very physical, quick leagues. Um, I think that will be a very different Iceland side, and I think every every team will start to lose discipline, start to lose players 
players mm-hmm. and start to lose that physicality yeah. that, 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 that oh. a whole, the rigours of a whole season will, will kind of rinse out of you a bit it's going to be a festival of cramp Euro <laughs> yeah, 2020 <laughs> <laughs> um, Euro 2020 stay on brand Sorry, um, Sorry, Iceland were missing players I mean Sigurdsson was, mm. was the obvious one but they actually were, were down a, f- a, a yeah. few which I suppose helped England in the sense that England could just sort of push forward and, and play the whole game in Iceland's half um, and uh, but yeah I mean, there was nothing I, I found it funny when Carl Walker was sent off it didn't change the dynamic of the back <laughs> no. one little bit no. it was still exa- exactly the same yeah. but Walker looked like a, a guilty little schoolboy didn't he yeah. I felt I was quite sorry for him on a sort of a, a human <laughs> level he, he, he looked absolutely gutted and petrified almost and he's thinking to himself as he said I've been out of the squad for over a year to get back in and then do something silly like that yeah. I could only feel sorry for him and, and and that position particularly there's so much competition I mean Trippi is playing at left back and yeah. people were critical of that understandably um, Trent Alexander Arnold's in there uh, Wan Bissaka yeah. uh, Reese James coming through at Chelsea you know could, could uh, contend for that position there's probably one or two more I've missed as well and so that look on his face you thought oh Carl I, I hope yeah. he's not bombed out just for that because that would be a great shame and he, and he I, said you know I'm coming to the end of my international career and he knows the situation yeah I'm sure Southgate will um, w- will not be as rash as that um, oh. he, he takes a measured approach to things mm-hmm. doesn't he? do you know what I enjoyed I think probably my highlight of the game James Ward-Prowse being a sod yes <laughs> being a bit of a sod standing yeah. on the penalty spot yeah, apparently, apparently, Iceland. yeah, he dragged his heel all over the penalty spot before Iceland. Took yeah, the well, he's, he's claimed he didn't sort of dig it up, didn't he? But he he said that he did it just to sort of as a bit of a delay in tactic to mm. help England get ready. And I like, you know, that he's he feels comfortable enough to do that straight away. Yeah, uh, you know, he's not been involved uh, a huge amount. Is it, was this his full debut? I, I think. think yeah, and, uh, right. that's, that's nice confidence that. And he said I that like you it. know they're doing that at Southampton and sort of England need to sort of understand the dark arts a little bit more. I was like, yes, England, yeah. turn <laughs> heel, turn heel. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, like yeah, 50 yeah. shades this isn't it? <laughs> your, your first start for England and you're like right come on lads yeah. I was watching at home when you played Columbia at, night, in, in, <laughs> at the World Cup 2018 uh, get involved um, Danny Ings uh, one of his uh, teammates made his first appearance for England since uh, October 2015 the longest gap between England games for an outfield player since Lee Dixon uh, <laughs> when he, in 1993 and then 1999 I thought it was, quite, it. I thought it was quite a, a niche and interesting a stat a very there. niche stat yeah, yeah. yeah. if yeah. you disagree then sod off um, but <laughs> Phil Foden was slightly uh, a brighter spark for England in a sort of very drab game and Greenwood uh, came on as well to make his debut as well it's weird isn't it because you see these you see these players on paper and you look forward to what that sort mm-hmm. of team can do um, you know, wait, do you see? Um, do you ever see these play, players on paper I want to know when was the last time I saw a player on paper <laughs> right. Jim I'm calling you out on this you see it on, on... <laughs> LCD on, on screen, screen? Well, yeah. I've seen it on glass. LCD. Is it glass? I don't know. What do you, you see, mean? You see it on. You see the lineup. It's a liquid crystal display. Right, illuminated see, from the side or the back. You see the lineup on a liquid crystal display, <laughs> illuminated from, from the side or the back, back. and Thank you think, you. "Wow, yeah. this team playing like Greenwood and Foden, they could be really exciting and dynamic <laughs> uh-huh. to watch." And then it's just England, isn't it? It's yeah. just, Come it's on, just, it's, all, it's, it's, it's a one-nil midfield. You had the manager Heimer Halgrimsson doing pull-ups on the dugout. <laughs> if you, look, if you can't get on board with an England team doing that to a manager, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's that was that was fun, and I I do want England to be annoying for other teams, and yeah. maybe that's maybe that's something to think oh, about. I think England would annoy a lot of other teams. Yes, you know, <laughs> yes, with, fact, our, with our songs we sing. Yeah, yeah, but when we get annoyed with England, other people tend to enjoy that. Mm. Yeah, so that's how that kind of works. Mm. Um, but yes, they've got Denmark next, and Denmark lost to Belgium. 
Um, Mugs. You would think that the game will not be played like it was against Iceland. No. De- Denmark have a little bit more attacking capabilities. Yeah. And Ericsson, you see uh, Conte's put him up for sale at Inter. So that didn't last very long, did it? Wow. No, I mean, he's not had the best of time there, but it's still, still. I know. Still, it was a big, it was a January. big <laughs> January in a pandemic. And yeah. then, and then uh, I've, I've not been, I've seen enough. I've seen enough from you, young man. <laughs> yeah, getting back at Spurs, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Denmark game should be a little bit better, but uh, let's not tempt too much fate. No. I mean, elsewhere, Wales um, beat Bulgaria 1-0. I mean, again, not a classic. Yeah. Um, mm. but, but a great win, though, uh, for Wales. I mean, the... the, the I mean, the thing is, you, you, you want to try and sound positive because they've got a win and a clean sheet and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it, it was quite boring. Yeah. But what I would say about the winner from Williams, the move before that, before he nodded it in, mm. was phenomenal. <laughs> really was, that was a real it? kind of uh, highlight in, in <laughs> this uh, sort of round of fixtures for me, actually. I mean, it's funny in football. You, you can say that, uh, you know, had they have passed it and passed it and passed it and done all that and then the, the, the delivery wasn't very good. Yeah. You say, well, bloody hell, you should have got it in the box earlier. So it, obviously mm. it depends what happens here. <laughs> However, as it turned out, there was times where they could have just knocked it into the box, a bit of a hit and hope. And that seemed to be unlikely, you know, I think it was how Robson Carno on the field, you know, he's probably not going to win too much in the air against those defenders. The ball is, I mean, I, I implore anybody to actually go and watch the kind of extended highlights so you get the full gamut of it. Because it was like, I don't know, I don't know how many passes, like 25, mm. maybe 30 mm. or something. The way they worked it along that back line and then, then they got the crossing opportunity, beautiful ball in and Williams popped up in the back post, absolutely delightful stuff. Yeah. And a pile-on ensued, which, mm. uh, which I think we enjoyed, Jim. Don't Absolutely. I mean, he ran over to the corner to celebrate with the fans who weren't there yeah, out yeah. of sort of habit, um, which I enjoyed. <laughs> You've got to run somewhere. Though, well, exactly, yeah. And you, it's the best place for a knee slide, isn't it? I think yeah. the camera's the best position for that. And he, he executed it very, very well. He did. Um, do you think they practiced those? What, the knee the slides? The knee slides. Yeah. The gra- would I don't even know. It would upset the groundsman, wouldn't it? You'd be like, oh, come on now. Yeah. Yeah, groundsman must not like that. I don't think I could do one of those, like, just first time. Oh, I tell like If we went down the park now, we'd, we'd hurt ourselves. My kneecap, kneecap would be on my shin. It would just, it would just pop <laughs> off and slide down my leg. Definitely. Yeah, but the surface though, because if you get yeah. a nice smooth surface like football's playing, and then the, the grass is watered, mm. it's perfect. Dog for that dirt. kind of thing. Dog dirt on the knees. That's, that's the reality yeah, that we yeah. have. Um, of course, Williams said um, when he was interviewed after the game, he said that uh, being in this world squad is like being in a, in in a family. Mm. You know, mm. and I thought. Do you want Ryan Giggs in? You know, <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> it was like a family atmosphere yeah. in the Wells, uh, which is good because under Coleman they had that. You know, four years ago at the Euros, it was very much the togetherness, and you do get that sense that with Wales still. It's, like, it's a Yaya Torres WhatsApp group kind of family, <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Um, but they. <laughs> Gareth Bale, I, I like that, that everyone said that Gareth Bale was taken off at half-time in a planned substitution. Like, yeah. like they're not planned in any way. Well, that like, was a previous like they, game. Like, yeah, like, like yeah, so, like they happen like, um, like they happen like that, like a, like a in, in a millisecond. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's very like an unplanned. Well, that, kind yeah. of... Yeah, well, this was against Finland when people yeah. were like, yeah, but I mean, he was turgid though. <laughs> when it was planned, I think it, it was... It was planned though. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's the kind mm. of... He uh, had a soccer aid vibe, didn't he? Like, <laughs> yes, what, is this guy a golfer or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's hardly kicked a ball since yeah. January, hasn't he? True. But he played the full 90 minutes and that, that was the real story there. Yeah. 
um, for, for, for good old Wales. Like, I don't know about you, but I feel a little bit bamboozled by international football being back so quickly because of the confusing nature of the schedule, because mm-hmm. of the global situation that we're in. But like, I'm surprised at how much the players seem to think that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, across the board, it's been really like, there's been a couple of standout results, obviously, but it's, it has been a little bit like flat. They're all like, oh, why, why are we doing this again? Yeah. Is it like, shouldn't we be with our clubs? <laughs> like, well, Wales play England in a friendly next month, I think. And then there, I, there was chat that they might have a few fans in there. Mm. Mm. So it's Wembley. So I don't know whether that means I, they're just going to open the doors and they ex- predict only just a few. You know, I not honestly wouldn't be surprised if like there's another Latour in December. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we've got so a really busy football. schedule. Yeah, just stick a few more matches in. Brilliant. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Ireland beat... Uh, no, they didn't. They lost to Finland, uh, of course, 1-0 at home. Poor result uh, for them. Mm. Quite like that Finnish kit. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Quite really like the England kit, actually. Oh, the new one. Yeah, it's got a bit of a baseball vibe. And I'm surprised that I like that about it, but I do. I, prefer, I think I prefer the badge on one side. Right. I think I've mm. decided. Speaking of kits, have you yes. seen the uh, new Chelsea one that looks like the Crystal Palace top? No, uh, I have very confusing. Mm. Yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah, the Irish would be a bit disappointed losing at home to the Finns. The Finns looked a lot better. They were they were quite poor uh, against Wales when they lost one nil, but they seemed a bit more up for it. Pookie missed a good chance, uh, and then uh, and then they got their reward. Of course, Ireland though it's all about the Slovakia game next month for mm. them, which is what Kenny said. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, but they're not pulling up trees at the moment. But of course, he's not been in the job very long, and he was meant to have a bit more time and and, and so on. So. Paul result for them but a great win for Finland who are back on the wagon mm. back on the bloody wagon but it all works well for Wales who uh, two wins out of two they're, they're, they're sitting pretty mm. sitting very pretty indeed uh, th- I think th- my favourite thing at the moment about the Nations League is not so much the big teams it's the smaller teams and we go to the Faroe Islands once again 1-0 win over Andorra back-to-back wins for the Faroes <laughs> the darlings of the football ramble yeah. right now um, now the Faroe Islands football team don't have an official account as far as I can see. But the nearest thing to it, see, they, they, because Kate, our very own Kate Mason, uh, tweeted that, you know, a lovely win for the Pharaohs or something like that. And they tweeted her, like, oh, yeah, nice one kind of thing. So, oh, yeah. We've got the ear. We do have the ear. We've got their ear. Uh, and uh, you know, when lockdown's over, maybe a little trip. Mm. Yeah. I'd be up for that. Darth Little Stadium, silly, you know. No, anyway, enough of that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yes, they, uh, they won one nil, um, uh, and well done. So it was their first consecutive winning match since nineteen ninety seven. And I thought, who did they play in nineteen ninety seven? Did you <laughs> the goals in that match though? Mm-hmm. I guess it was Malta, wasn't it? Uh, that was uh, when they beat on Thursday yeah, yeah, yeah. with the free kick. Oh yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Like there were so many really nice goals. I mean, the keepers uh, didn't cover themselves in glory. They took mm-hmm. a long time to get out over the other side of the uh, thing. But like, geez, I mean, wow. Yeah, I know <laughs> what you mean. It was also another win for uh, Gibraltar. The Rock. The Rock of Gibraltar, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so it's all happening in the UEFA Nations League. I mean, do forgive us, ladies and gentlemen. We're really trying. Um, but uh, it not really was drab. Why the should we have to put a performance in? <laughs> it was a barren weekend. Right? <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Aided, though, by Alexis Sanchez's comments. Yes, that was hilarious. Mm. Mm. He, he, he said that uh, he wanted to leave Manchester United after one training session. Yeah, he asked his agent if he could go back to Arsenal. It's like, yeah. You surely know that that can't happen now, Alexis, <laughs> don't you? You've recorded the piano video. You're not yeah. allowed back, back after that. Yeah, you've, you've made your incredibly expensive, very well-feathered bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. Yeah, And two dog beds for your dogs. I think it was interesting that he said that he hadn't really, because it all happened quite quickly, him and his agent hadn't really looked at a lot of stuff that was happening behind the scenes at Man United and what sort of the plan was and where we'd fit into the team. Okay, And you would think for something that important, I suppose... They were, you know, reportedly he was 
earning like half Five a million pounds a week. Five hundred thousand might be why. I couldn't but, see past that wall of money. Yeah, to be exactly, honest. exactly. Yeah. But that, it's it's so telling, isn't it? You think that like that, you know, for his for his age at the time, mm-hmm. um, that it's going to be really would you would think it would be your last big contract, you know, disregarding the way it actually moved, uh, it actually worked out, and with him going to Inter, you think surely you'd do the. You do the minimum research on that. Mm. Surely you, you, you must have met people at the club. And it's fascinating that in the modern game that that's even possible that I someone mean, can move in circumstances where they don't really know what they're getting into. I mean, Jim, me and you have had slight disagreements continuing our, our, our well-publicised beef, obviously, mm. Uh, mm. about uh, Mr. Ozil's uh, contract. You think he should move on. I say Arsenal have given him a contract and he should, you know, if he wants to wind it down, he can. It's a lot oh, of yeah, money. Yeah. You're very much but Team Bale as well. He didn't give it him to team himself, Ozil, did he? And I'm very much Team Sanchez. Look, you, I don't get Five, like half a million quid away. Come on, come on, come on! I mean, yeah. come on, come on! I'd, I'd close my eyes and I'd, I'd put oh. my hand into a box of very aggressive snails <laughs> for that amount of money. <laughs> would you really? I would. You'd yes. go yeah. that far. Yeah. You could get bitten by a snail. They've got little teeth, haven't they? They've got little, little baby teeth. But um, mm. I didn't realise that Sanchez was being paid for. Uh, Manchester United were paying forty percent mm. of his. Uh, well, that often it, happens with these. Is is it, it? So you're, hang on, so you're, so you're paying forty percent, which is a ridiculous amount of money. Still, you could afford a very, very capable footballer mm. for like what yeah. is that? One thousand five hundred, sorry, one hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand uh, pounds um, a week uh, for, for him to play for another side but this often yeah. happens with loan deals I know but like that amount of money that ratio yeah, but that shows you that's how like much but, that, <laughs> but for them they're thinking well at least we're not paying 60% I know it. Yeah. But, but, that's wow. the, but that is the problem with yeah. players with big wages when they say oh well no no I'm, I'm a £500,000 a week yeah, player or whatever yeah. it is because like, no, is than I am yeah exactly no you're not you've yeah. just done I don't know what's happened there but the magic beans work I, I, I wonder if loan deals like still include like image rights and stuff Does do the parent club actually still retain those that's interesting because image rights are an a bit of a brand of content in terms mm. of tax at the moment, mm. aren't they? Yeah. Um, but he's done but okay at Inter. He has, yeah, and he's good luck in there as well. Manchester United, mm. yes. But it's, it's a, he's another example, really, of um, we, we talked, what we talked about last week with players like Gareth Bale, like Mesut Ozil, where they these really, really elite players, but they they earn too much for anyone to play them. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I know, it's, I know. it's absurd. It's it's football eating itself. Well, know, yeah, games they... gone mad, etc. <laughs> Things were better in the past. But I think blah, there, blah, is, blah. there is a kind of there is a group of these players now, and I'm sure in maybe I don't know five or ten years time we have a documentary looking back on the you know what happened with with these guys, or maybe not even that long, because it's a great shame because Urzil Sanchez and Bale, three phenomenal players who have given us some great moments and have, have won trophies and have highly decorated players, and they've priced themselves out. Well, they have. That's that's the thing. Like you, they're crap to cause. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah, that's the name of the documentary. The Gacraptacos. Yes. yes, presented by probably me. It's <laughs> uh, very big of you, Marcus. I'm just saying, yeah. you get involved. <laughs> yeah, I think I think your involvement ended there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the first half has just ended there as well. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Oh, now it's time for this. We concentrate on the topics. We're pretty good to many topics today. Did you see that uh, Daniel Fark recently, when he was quizzed about Lewis's future uh, at Norwich City, said, not my topic at the moment? (laughs) (laughs) What is your topic right now? Well, I'll tell you what the topic is right now, everybody. You can sign anyone for your club, but they can't be a player. 
Who would it be and what would they be doing? Yeah, Marcus, we've got an email from uh, Michael Christie. I am a Sunderland fan and I'd appoint Armando Iannucci to the board of directors mm. and announce that he's been behind the scenes secretly for the last 10 years. If you're not familiar with, with Armando Iannucci, he was uh, the co-creator of Alan Partridge and some excellent uh, satirical comedy. Um, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he wouldn't have to change a single thing. Everything would suddenly be so obvious. The lunatic behaviour of De Canio, the pessimism of the ferryman uh, David Moyes, a double relegation, the until I die documentaries it would suddenly make sense we're part of a satire <laughs> the club is being deliberately ran this badly for a joke we're not this incompetent yes it's all just a, a bit that it's is true I think one of your finest pieces of work Peter hmm. was when you interviewed Amanda Iannucci right it was okay. delightful viewing or oh, listening I'm, I'm, an, I'm a world class interviewer clearly you are. Mm. you are there we are a rare compliment for Pete Donaldson thank on you. the show yeah. thank you Jim you've got an email I in do your hand. from Jamie Leishman um, I've got it on the screen in front of me not on paper it's oh. not in my hand um, apparently you need to clarify that uh, around these parts as a Burnley fan struggling with money is always going to be a problem with the club and the board's refusal to invest in the squad means we could do with someone a bit more flash at the top so I'd like to put Jeff Bezos in as chairman of the mighty Clarets 200 billion pounds investment with Sean Dyche at the helm yes please uh, I don't know that Jeff Bezos would necessarily put his hand in his pocket for Burnley. Mm-hmm. I've got to be honest, Jamie. Uh, it's a nice idea, though, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Is, it I, is it like a? Is this kind of like B? Uh, I'm just thinking of Jeff Bezos as a B. The way you're pronouncing B. Um, is, is, that, is that how it's said? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's one of those Bezos. words. Unless you... yeah. bad Bezos. <laughs> uh, I'm I think... not paying any corporation, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, FFP would catch up with them pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got one here from Andrew Connolly who says Dwayne Johnson at Liverpool he can have a combined role as strength and conditioning coach and team cheerleader he's a very smiley guy knows how to get a crowd going can you smell what the cop is cooking etc you basically thought that and worked backwards Mm. and I like that Andrew Uh, he could also be an emergency target man when we need a literal giant in the box to fire the ball at because Liverpool seem to be struggling to score Mm, goals at the moment wages might be high but we can just pass him on to Bournemouth for a decent fee if they come back in five years' time. <laughs> How about that? Or at least 40% of those wages. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. That was the topic. We concentrate on the topics. We're pretty good to many topics today. One of the big stories from football, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard, is that Lionel Messi's been getting a bit aggro with Barcelona and they with him. But he's staying! Yeah, mm. he Bar- is staring. I thought, yeah. you know, he had me going a bit there. I did. Say, I got to the point where I was like 50-50, I don't know, because I was convinced he was going to mm. stay. Um, so Lu- I Luke was, was unequivocal, wasn't he? Yeah, I love it when Luke does that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the best time when Luke was unequivocal was when Stuart Pearce got the Nottingham Forest job as manager. Right. And it was like this lovely romantic thing going back to the club. And at the start of the season, Luke was going, gone by March. And he was right. He was, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, and it was very very near to March, wasn't he? Just yeah, maybe February. Luke was, Luke was releasing, releasing some wonderful uh, Twitter-based chaff over the weekend. Uh-huh. I'm going to go at Newcastle fans, but uh, you know, uh, having a problem with Ashley's uh, purchasing of certain players and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, "You not mention much about Messi." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to run and run, isn't it? Because it's going to be a year-long saga now. Right. But where's he going to go when he's run his contract? Mm -hmm. Well, they have a year to convince him. I mean, there are the elections, of course, for the presidency in March, and Bartomeu will be uh, off by then. Um, So with with a new president in, if Koeman can really deliver, like I'm suggesting that he might... Yeah, if Koeman can stay in the job long enough. You never know. I mean, he's got... On March. (laughs) (laughs) Bartomeu, certainly. There's 
a very safe prediction. I mean, Anzu Fati uh, will be there at the club, and that should give Messi a bit of hope. The way he played for Spain the other night, mm. breaking a 95-year-old record, uh, becoming their youngest goal scorer at 17 and 311 days old. He absolutely tore it up against Ukraine. <laughs> so, I mean, if I was, but the, but, but the way Kuman will approach that is, I hear you saying, well. I can't guarantee a first-team football with the way that lad's been playing. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably bugger it all up. Um, but yes, uh, Messi said, I thought and we were sure that I'd be a free agent. And he, he seemed to just say, well, I have to stay, so I'm going to stay. Yeah. Now, I don't know what Barcelona fans will make of that. I think they'll be probably quite relieved at keeping the, the best player of all time, arguably. But the way he sort of, sort of said, well, I, I'm staying because I kind of have to stay. I mean, he's being honest, at least. Yeah. He's also, he also said, you know, words to the effect that the way this club is run is an absolute joke, um, which is a pretty astonishing thing for a player to say, but say he's, isn't but he's it? Got, I mean, he's got a fair point at the moment. So maybe the fans, I mean, I'm sure the fans are unhappy with the way the club's being I mean, run. He might have a fair point, but it's it seems a little bit, perhaps... Mm-hmm. too candid to share it so publicly yeah, shall we maybe, say maybe maybe mm. well he hadn't turned up for training for the first five days uh, of training of course and uh, I, I, that, that is pretty poor I suppose because he was that adamant to leave mm. but then now he's staying it's kind of I don't know what does he yeah, got to climb down now hasn't he does Ronald Koeman create like a, a, a Mr Burns style little a little entrance for him so he has to crawl through it yeah. <laughs> and then he goes all the way to Koeman's desk he come crawling back eh yeah um, so it will be interesting uh, what what how it plays out there at uh, Barcelona I mean I, I said before that you know with the new manager coming in and them ha- will well, they will have to put more emphasis on 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 youth players coming through you would think and Kuman likes to do that to have Messi around the place to 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 kind of be a part of that that's if I was Kuman that's what I would say I'd say look if you're going to be here for a year go out on a high for yeah. crying out loud and personally for me I think it'd be a great shame if he left after an 8-2 thrashing well, he's, but he's done he's done a lot He's, he's done a lot this season with the with the talent that he's yeah. got himself, and he can't he, he can't do more than he did last season. You I know what argue. you mean, but 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 to be, be be a part of the sort of the transition and leave on a high, mm. whether that would be with a trophy or not, but leave you know having another good season, helping some of these sort of youngsters. I assume I, mean, I don't know these. I don't know what's going on in the the academy, but yeah, they tend to do okay from there. And and you know, I mean, Fatty being the obvious one, you, you know, kind of work with Kuman on that. I would say, but it, it, does he have the motivation to do it? You know, he's going to have to pick himself up from this because he'll be mm. desperately disappointed, mm. and it would be a great shame to see a kind of you know the body language a bit hunched over and yeah. and and not to see Messi sort of firing on all cylinders. Football moves quickly though, doesn't it? Does. it? Once once games start happening and he's reintegrated into the team, I don't think it will. I, I think that will. I think it'll probably be forgotten far more quickly than we think it will from this point mm-hmm. but then that said it's you know but then you say that it's going but... to keep coming up all season isn't it well if, I think if he was saying oh do you know what they've convinced me I'm going to stay yeah then I think it would be forgotten. The fact is, it's kind of like, all right, well, I'm good until the 10th of June. Also, I mean, it might, you know, with a, with a year to think on it, the, the powers that be at Barcelona, well, and even those, even those running for president, mm-hmm. might think, 90 million euros a season, eh? Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe it would be good to not have to spend that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not impossible to be a brilliant team without Messi, is it? Yeah, well, like I Other say... Other teams manage it. I think, I think if he is to go at Argentina. the end of the season... Yeah, if he is to go at the end of the season and uh, and they haven't convinced him or they've not even tried to convince him, like, leave at the end of the season, leave with your head held high, having had... Head held highs, if he you know, won't do that anyway, but having had a good <laughs> year... Um, 
blah de blah de blah and and then maybe it's good for him because he can go somewhere on a free, whether it's Manchester City or whoever, and he can really feel how much he's appreciated by football fans yeah. because, like we say, opposition players in the Premier League are saying, oh my goodness, we, it would be an honour to grace the same pitch as him. Sergio Ramos is saying, actually, no, we want him to stay because it, it it helps our league and it helps the Classicos be what they are and so on. You know? yeah. So it would, be, it would be quite something. But someone who is definitely on the move, Pete Donaldson, by the looks of it, is Callum Wilson. Mm. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Newcastle have made a good signing. They seem to have made or have gone for uh, some very good signings. I, yeah, well, he's, he's not officially signed yet, has he? And no. Newcastle have had a bid accepted. Yeah. So it looks like it's uh, I mean, very likely. This is... I sort of quite lost for words, Peter. Well, him and Joshua King have said uh, that they both want to play Championship League football. I'd argue that Joshua King is holding out for his move to <laughs> Manchester United or Spurs, but and, and he's but, but putting money is, with his mouth. Is yeah, Callum Wilson's a bit more sensible, a bit uh-huh. more. Uh, but but you know, Newcastle paid paid decent wages, and uh, this is a big move. And and and, and it's it's a rare. I can't remember the last time Newcastle signed someone who was that age. Mm-hmm. In the prime of his career, mm-hmm. uh, and could possibly even get better uh, yeah. if if we can possibly get the ball to, uh, to to play in the box. I think I just hope that last season's game plan is a little better than you know. Give it, Alan. I love. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, what it appeared to be. I just love how regularly all you want from Newcastle is for them to get it to a player in the box. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just not yeah. much to ask, is it? Well, it's, well, it's just. I mean. The, the the problem with Newcastle last season was that they just they they couldn't score. Or they certainly thought their forward players just weren't never in mm. positions that they needed to be in. The, and the ball was rarely in the eighteen yard box. So you, yeah. it was up to players Joe like Linton, isn't it? Yeah, so West Joe Linton, isn't it? Yeah. So, oh, so that wardrobe's have... running around. <laughs> Do you Troy, Troy Deeney saying that obviously Watford got relegated and he was saying I'm still a Premier League player. You know, I mean, if Joel Linton is. He said he, he got signed for forty million and he scored like one Premier League goal. So, well, well yeah. So, so, so he sort of said, "Well, why, why aren't I thought of as? A, why, yeah. why shouldn't I? Uh, why shouldn't I deserve a, a move." And, mm-hmm. and I, I, you'd probably say you, you'd agree with him. Was it thirty matches, six goals from from him? You'd sort of say, "Well, yeah. he's probably good for another couple of seasons." But but Jordan, you know, he, he obviously scored a few goals from the left side of uh, of, of that forward line um, in, in 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 Germany, and, and he will get given. His, his left side of birth because he's too big to fail, mm-hmm. much like Northern Rock, um, and uh, and and you know maybe they'll maybe Steve Bruce will figure out what part of his bum the the, the, the silky thread comes out of because we've not located it yet. Yeah. But yeah. the problem the problem with Bournemouth was they didn't get the ball in they didn't have enough shots on target mm-hmm. they they didn't get the ball to their forward players in the box and that's something that Newcastle United have also ha- uh, struggled with as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping with with Sanz and Hendrick and and a couple of others that will um, be be somewhere closer to to being yeah. solved. But well, yeah, it's 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 a it's a good set of signings. Well, Ryan Fraser is another one who, who looks like he could well be um, mm. well be joining. Newcastle and obviously last season he didn't have the best time clearly his head had been turned a little mm. bit but the season before that he made a lot of chances I think he was very very good at, it, yeah. at exactly what you're describing at mm. getting the ball in there so that could be a I, I genuinely think this is really really positive for Newcastle if mm. they can pull these signings off Jamal Lewis as well apparently Norwich have accepted a bid there so right. that looks decent yeah. it's a Bournemouth fire sale guys it is and this is look there's far too much positive chat about Newcastle right now. <laughs> yeah. that, that just that doesn't tell the full picture of what's going on with no. some of the players at the club. Because a pizza shop owner has been chipping off at Andy Carroll after he parked his apparently enormous Mercedes outside. 
That's more like I it. Like the, an enormous Mercedes. It's like it's a double decker one or something. Like, well, it's got to fit Andy Carroll in. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah. Guess so yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, uh, yeah. He was. He was very unhappy. This pizza guy. I think uh, he. It seemed like a, a, a PR move for the for the pizza shop, possibly. Yeah. But some of the players have actually attended. I think he had been to uh, the pizza shop before, mm-hmm. as had um, certain other members of, well, uh, we, of we, the team as well, and IREX manager. We know Andy Carroll has uh, sampled the pizza because he put on Instagram. I didn't like your pizza anyway. Ooh, you're hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks Actually, for the publicity. Yeah, probably is. <laughs> the thing about Andy Carroll is he's as close to the king of of, of Newcastle United Football Club as you're going to get. So mm-hmm. he'll probably get a, lot, a little bit more rope than anybody else. Blimey, not much competition for the throne. No, really not. Since no. Alan Shearer has gone. <laughs> My giddy aunt. Um, sad news, uh, though, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. coming out of Newcastle. I suppose it's yeah. Bud, the police horse that was punched. By a Newcastle United fan, once punched by a Newcastle United fan, has died in retirement, age 21. Yeah. Servant to the game. It's really sad. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. actually quite young for a horse. About 60, mm. 62, 63. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any um, news on the fox? I don't know. That guy used to feed in his <laughs> oh, garden. Yeah. Did the guy attend the funeral? Did, do they have funerals? Probably I, not. I, I have no idea. For those of you that might not remember this, yeah, the guy that punched the horse did an, did an interview on the news saying that mm. he was wearing uh, a bandana over his face because he'd been to the dentist. That's mm. Obviously. Yes. Yeah, Tooth scarf, as we've yeah. all worn, and then he said, um, "Prevents that, infections." Yeah, he, yeah. He, what he said, Head like, of his I, time, I, you could argue. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he also said, like, like I'm as surprised as you that I've lamped a horse. Like, there's a there's a fox comes in my garden. I feed. I love animals. So hopefully the fox is thriving. <laughs> it's in Andy Carl's Mercedes. <laughs> Not on a hot day, Andy. We'll break your window, mate. Oh, dearie me. Um, anyway, talking of ridiculous, uh, let's go to West Ham United. Uh, Grady Diangana has left West Ham for West Brom. Yeah. And I think the reason why some of us know this is because of what happened on Twitter. Uh, Mark Noble tweeted, so he retweeted the... Uh, the, the the announcement and yeah. said as captain of this football club I'm gutted angry and sad that Grady has left great kid with a great future and there were five exclamation marks I counted mm. now that is quite something for the captain of the football club to basically go what the hell is the yeah. team doing and also Declan Rice and Jack Wilshire sort of posted um, similar messages of yeah. affirmation with that didn't they and it's hard to imagine this at any other club isn't it yeah like it tells you a lot about uh, how the Dildo brothers are, are viewed <laughs> yeah that the players don't really think twice about mm-hmm. being no. so critical because the fans hate them as well yeah <laughs> that's a situation yeah Andy Carroll loves it doesn't he he's former and current clubs you know yeah um, but I I I was really surprised to see that. Well, I mean, like, it, 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 decent amount of money for a player who's had um, six or seven starts, I think, mm-hmm. um, or maybe even just played six or seven games, even. But it, it's it's not great to see, especially when you know David Moyes. It's gone so high in my head. As I said David Moyes. David <laughs> Moyes uh, is not a excite. He doesn't play exciting football. So West Ham have always been about. Oh, well, maybe there'll be some players coming through the youth mm. team, and we'll have some Italian striker knocking a few in <laughs> uh, every season. Who's about twenty. Um, and they're in that situation where you know for a fact this season you're not going to watch any particularly beautiful football you'll probably stay up uh, with a couple of weeks to spare and you're in a situation where you're, you're hemorrhaging all of your your mm. young players and, and, and he's, he's been at the club for like 10, 11 years yeah. um, and he was starting to get his starting to get his his, his starting berth in his games under, under his belt and, mm-hmm. and obviously Mark Noble's getting mm. getting in the the, 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 the trouble early yeah. well, he was on <laughs> before loan. the season even starts he was on loan at West Brom last season he, yeah. did, he did really well so it kind of makes sense in that sense but I think mm. You know, this is it could be indicative of the the reality that we're in with with COVID because clubs, 
you know, they've lost a lot of revenue from match day mm. revenue and, and it's, it's, it's hit clubs hard. He's an academy player, so it's all profit if they mm. sell him. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what their books look like. Mark Noble certainly doesn't know what their books look like, I would imagine. So it might just be part of the hustle. Like. <laughs> yeah, well, to give West Ham fans a, a little bit of hope, David Moyes has said this. What I'd like to build is... New stadium. Yeah. <laughs> what I'd like to build is to to give to give the supporters a team something to be proud of, something that is not going to be flaky, something with consistency. Right. Does that give them hope? Sounds I mean, that's like a, sounds like of, a really stodgy, yeah, um, oily porridge. sort of draw. I mean, that is like one up from when he said at Sunderland at the start of that season when he started managing. It just can't get any better mm. than this. It just can't. just can't get more yeah. viscous than this. It just can't. <laughs> yeah. uh, but news just in, Peter. Ryan Fraser has agreed to join Newcastle. Oi, oi. Mm. How about that? Well, we, we've never been historically that good with our phrases. We've always lost our phrases. But so straight away. We yeah, I know. First, <laughs> sen- <laughs> first <laughs> sentence. Hopefully, Did you hear we can that? keep all of our was phrases. Astonishing, Pete Donaldson. I'm looking forward. To a fra- I'm looking forward to a Fraser having a nice time in Newcastle or something. But you don't like the pizza. Allow me though. to finish. Yeah. <laughs> My pizza. Gone by March. Yeah. That's Pete Donaldson. <laughs> um, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Right, we've <laughs> reached the end of the show. What a barn burner, eh? The UEFA Nations League really got us in the yeah. mood, didn't it? <laughs> uh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, tomorrow, Kate, Luke and Andy will be chatting more football uh, and hopefully they'll have a bit more cheer uh, from the uh, UEFA Nations League tonight. So until then, say goodbye, Jim Campbell. Goodbye. Goodbye, Pete Donaldson. Ta-ta. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen, from me too. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.